we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for August 8th, 2022. Switching gears here, um, the first report is New York Times says the time is now, quote, the time is now to eat people in addition to ants, crickets, grub worms, termites, and cockroaches. The leftists and globalists seem to want nothing more than every American demands sick, perverted, murder, hungry, and cannibalist become evidently demanded sick, perverted, murder, hungry, and cannibalistic. This becomes quite evident as Americans witness mainstream media now literally pushing for everyone to eat lab-made frankenmeat, worms and bugs, and wait for it, now each other. The New York Times is normalizing cannibalism as they squirm deeper into their rabbit hole after pushing this past spring for the now communist tilted America to eat grubs and bugs. First it was, why aren't we eating more insects? And then, then they say, quote, they're high in protein, low in cost, eco-friendly and tasty. Uh, and only the West, we have resisted them. Imagine that. They still haven't got our guns yet either. We resisted quite a bit of stuff this was the new york times before they went all in for consuming our fellow americans because remember the, you know, there is no depravity that they're not going to try to bring out and actually make it become just the norm and cannibalism is you know just one more thing on that satanic menu <clears throat> uh then it goes further Maybe it's because the COVID-19 clot shots have driven all the leftist wannabe communists to want to murder human babies and prepare them for meals with some sautéed crickets and deep-fried roaches on the side. Well, yeah, I mentioned that earlier in that Moloch video on, on I would love to know the percentage of people in that crowd as they were worshipping, you know, the Moloch bull. Um, how many of them were COVID, fully COVID-vaxxed, you know? There's literally an 11 minute video on the joy of eating insects. There's a link to it here. How they will provide future food for, provide future food security. Oh yeah, right. So now it seems that the food supply of America with the, with the skyrocketing inflation and supply chain issues, that eating people and bugs is the only way to actually survive. We must save the climate, they declare, eat people and bugs, say the environmentalists and academics who believe the only sustainable food system model involves killing all babies in the womb, then turning them into food um, well, the ones that survive probably, and turning them into food and all of the forms of beyond meat. Oh, maybe taking the aborted babies. I don't know. Doing that. Bill Gates leads the way in propagating all food to be lab concocted test tube franken meat. This is the real reason for the food shortages and the upcoming economic tsunami. The only way the left believes to stop global warming is to eat people and bugs while blocking the sun with chemtrails, while killing all babies, while ending all fossil fuel production. So soon we'll all be driving our electric cars to work in the uh, to the Soylent Green factories, and if you don't know what that means, it's a movie from the '70s with Charles Charlton Heston, where they were actually eating people, um, uh, driving the electric cars to the Soylent Green factories on dark days when we can't see the sun anymore. It sounds terrific. According to the left, men can get pregnant. The Earth is getting so hot we need to block out the sun. The times are so hard we need to eat people to survive because show shows and movies depict demon people eating human flesh somehow the pandemic and climate change narratives are suddenly fueling the desire for all americans to eat their kinfolk as part of a three square meals a day uh, program the fake world of social media has a torrent of new comments going viral 
trying to justify and normalize cannibalism. Quote, I feel like the unthinkable has become the unthinkable. Hold on. I feel like the unthinkable has become the thinkable. And cannibalism is very much squarely in the category of the unthinkable, one commenter posted on the New York Times uh, report. And they say that was in the style section. Yeah, it's stylish to eat other humans. And they recently actually published a piece in the New York Times entitled, quote, A Taste for Cannibalism. We're not, I'm not making this stuff up. This is just becoming now the norm. Uh, suggesting modern culture has bought us, brought us to this place where we seriously consider eating each other to save the world from sure destruction, which sounds like sure destruction in and of itself, <laughs> pretty much. The seriousness of the article in the New York Times. And remember, cannibalism is is the main cause of that, what we talked about before, which is the Kritzfeld-Jacob-Jacob uh, disease or the mad cow disease in humans. Uh, prion disease, which is Kuru. And that's when the, the uh, headhunters in Papua New Guinea, which I'm sure there's certain sects still that do it to this day from what I could do. I, and done just keep Kuru, K-U-R-U. I've done... I believe multiple reports on it where they're cannibalistic and that you know it causes this horrible um it basically mad cow disease in humans and the horrible things it does to you and i'm sure the curse it brings upon you from a spiritual level is you know hard to comprehend the seriousness of the article in the new york times explaining cannibalism having its time and place is alarming but then again, somewhat predictable as the Democrats of America. And again, don't, don't let the Republicans off the hook either because they're going along with most of what's going on. Of America keep spiraling, and I mean the, the high-level politicians, keep spiraling down the dark holes of murder, mayhem, and their perverted ways. Still, patriots in this country won't let them turn the whole thing into a socialist uh, blank hole without one heck of a fight. Well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um... <clears throat> I just don't want to rely upon, I want to rely on the Lord Jesus Christ, you know. I want to point to the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to rely on a patriot movement in order to, you know. Granted, I, I think it's great to push back against evil. It's just, um, I want to be very careful to where I would give credit, you know, in that regard. Here are some of the tweets and responses of the New York Times Cannibal Drive. Uh, one, this is straight from the New York Times. And it says, cannibalism has a time and place. Some recent books and films and shows suggest that now is the time. Can you stomach it? Another one from a guy named Alexander Cortez, PhD. He's into fitness, nutrition, and fat loss. He says, is it more racist to eat white people or black people? Do different ethnicities taste different? Uh, is cannibalism indigenous science and unfairly demonized by white supremacy white supremacy patriarchy patriarchal basically systems of oppression oh of course play all those those virtue signaling liberal uh satanic cards that you want to play then he says we need answers to these super relevant questions you know, the, these people are just you know totally demon possessed the toenails and pure evil you know, what, what can you say? No. So I wanted to segue into this. Now, this is, you know, this happened, I don't know, a few weeks ago, but it's pertinent to this discussion. Food destruction reports. 
Walmart in Kingman, Arizona, freezer failures are on an orchestrated attack at central distribution stores to accelerate U the USA from becoming starvation nation. Then, Billings, Montana, Walmart employee calculates the massive food increase, food price increase. We're all, we're all those recent defrosts really by accident, meaning re defrost of these actual, um, <clears throat> of these freezers. Okay, we're going to talk about that in a second. Steve Quayle says, no accident at all, carefully implemented to cut people off from their food sources through starvation. Then, this is a correction, 60 to 70 tons of frozen food destroyed. Tons of frozen food destroyed due to suspicious multiple freezer failures in Billings and Laurel, Montana. Sam's Club, Costco, Walmart, there's no back stock available to replenish whatsoever. Then more food disappears at Costco. Three Las Vegas Costco stores actually removed frozen meat freezers. Somebody wrote to Steve Quayle and said, Steve, you know you'll get this info out to people who will listen. Today, around 4 p.m., I received a call from my source at Billings Regional Landfill, Billings, Montana, that Sam's Club was unloading now their third roll-off truck, I'm assuming semis, of full, frozen, full of frozen foods. The full load dumped and destroyed was roughly 40 to 50 tons a ton, each ton is 2,000 pounds of frozen food. This was all being monitored for full destruction at the landfill. There are so many satanic agendas to annihilate us. It just boggles the mind. <clears throat> Apparently their main freezer went out overnight due to a supposed Freon leak and the exhaust vent was pumping hot air in. I've never heard of such a thing. Pumping hot air into the freezer. Really? This was also confirmed by another. And it's just so weird. It's happening all over the country. This is also confirmed by another source who works for an answer. And then you have all the, the food factories that are burning down. You know, all those that we've reported on over 100. Uh, this is also confirmed by another source who works for an answering service here in town that takes the repair company calls. Roughly 30 minutes later, I get a text from the same call service source stating they received a repair, a repair call for Costco because their big meat cooler had been down for an unknown amount of time and they were also loading a product to dispose of. I'm waiting to hear back from a contact at Costco to see how much was lost. Then around 6 p.m. I get a call from a friend who has an inside info at Walmart in Laurel, Montana, which is only 12 minutes outside of Billings city limit, saying that they had a freezer fail as well. And they were loading up 20 tons of quote, spoiled food into roll off trucks to destroy. They would have caught the freezer failure pretty quick. It doesn't just because it's not totally frozen doesn't mean all the food's thawed out instantaneously. If it's frozen solid, it's going to take a long, long time for that to thaw. You just don't take it all out and destroy it all. Well, I guess that's the way they handle it here, though. Then around 6:45 p.m., my landfill source got a call about a fire on a trash pile. The same pile all the food was sent to. Imagine that. This fire was burning hot and black. We've been watching them put it out for almost two hours now. Now, do you think any of this food will be replenished? Do you think they will be sending more food to the biggest city in Montana? My guess is not. And if they do, it will be nowhere near the amount to recover the loss. Steve Quayle says, picture of the picture the land picture of the landfill has been sent to me and I will both update men in suits were overseeing the destruction of the food in a landfill. Normally you don't wear a suit to a landfill 
like the most filthy place you could possibly go to burn perfectly good food. They're both on site and at the dump. Meaning it's a coordinated effort by our government in order to destroy as much food as possible. They're doing it with the cows. They're doing it with the droughts. They're doing it, I mean, on so they're doing it with the food factories they're burning down. It's, it's just all the stuff I've been reporting on. Then we have here, climate, al climate alarmist explains policy targeting farmers to end all beef, pork, and chicken from human diet. A few years ago, we might have just brushed off this type of ideological policy aside and called the guy a nut. However, he might indeed be a nut, but more and more countries are adopting the climate change farming policy he is advocating. So let's just, I'm going to play a video here. So this is a climate alarmist uh, that basically says we need to stop eating all beef, pork, chicken from the human diet. This is, this is Satan giving us a morality lesson, okay? country, George, there's a big emphasis on agriculture and how agriculture needs to cut its emissions. And I know it's an, it's an issue you feel very strongly about. You've said that agriculture is arguably the most destructive industry on earth. Explain, oh, and, and do you still believe that, George? Yeah, I would compare that to the Fukushima Radiation Leak, which was probably mostly all by design and all the other way, all the nuclear waste that's re leaking from nuclear reactors and all the other ways they're trying to destroy the earth and how they're purposely chemtrailing us like cockroaches every single day, spraying that poison on us. I'm sure that the agriculture industry compares to that. It's by far and away the greatest cause of habitat destruction, the greatest cause of wildlife loss, the greatest cause of extinction, greatest cause of soil loss, greatest source of fresh water use it's one of the greatest causes of climate breakdown well he's, he's not backing anything he's just saying stuff bigger than transport um one of the primary causes of water pollution and of air pollution so it's right at the top oh and sorry i forgot to say land use the biggest issue of all it's by far and away the greatest um, um uh, form of land use that, that humans um inflict on the planet which means all that land see mother guys being grieved and, and has to be stopped and which can't be used for wild ecosystems and while obviously we need farming we need to minimize those impacts we we need um to act as drastically within that sector as any other sector to prevent the collapse of our life support systems and what that means above all else is getting out of livestock farming is really shutting down animal farming altogether because that has massively disproportionate impacts on the living planet and we so uh, again they're trying to get every bit of no beef pork chicken consumption any kind of meat consumption that's got to stop you have to eat each other that's the only kind of meat production that they want you to consume or crickets grubs cockroaches these these this is where they're obviously we just reported you that's what they're saying and that's the alternative or soy soylent green basically uh, uh some type of franken gmo food or lab-grown meat those are the alternatives that satan will give us and maggots like this satanic mouthpieces like this are going to parrot this and try to browbeat humanity into uh capitulating and accepting these absolutely insane edicts switch towards other sources of food plant-based diets which are far more efficient far lower environmental impacts but also switch out of farming altogether to produce protein rich foods which we can do through precision fermentation no, can't do it can't cannot you a vegetarian diet cannot give you not only the type of 
the type of protein, they're incomplete proteins. You you do not get all four, 24 essential amino acids in, in that type of diet. But there's so many other things you lack when you take away meat, and particularly red meat. And we're going to get into that again. I've covered this before, but we are going to get... And this is why it's so important to Satan that you don't consume meat, particularly red meat. And I'm going to get into that again. I'm going to kind of recover some territory I've covered before. And I'm going to explain to you on a spiritual level why they're doing this. George, I can hear farmers all over this small country of ours shocked and perhaps screaming at their televisions because they're saying, are you saying all animal farming, in, in, in your opinion, really needs to stop? Yes, it does. It really does. Um, it's a bit like leaving fossil fuels in the ground. Unless we do that, we've really got very little chance indeed <laughs> of preventing this domino effect of system collapse right across Earth okay. systems, which basically... Total, total satanic mouthpiece straight from the pit of hell, this guy. ...the planet uninhabitable. So eating yeah. meat and milk and eggs is an indulgence we cannot afford. <laughs> yeah. So there you heard it from Satan. And again, their alternatives are what we gave you before. Then we have this, which is another way they're, they're going about this. Ranchers are selling off their cattle in unprecedented numbers due to the drought that has had an enormous implication due to the government created weather warfare drought that's, you know, uh, basically drying out Lake Mead, uh, starving particularly the west coast of water and also killing you know unprecedented amounts of cattle in the midwest thanks to the horrific drought which has been absolutely devastating ranching in the southwest uh ranchers are now in panic mode and are selling off their cattle in, at an unprecedented rate in fact some are choosing to sell off their entire herds because they feel like they don't have any of the options in recent days seemingly excuse me endless lines of trailers waiting to drop off cattle for auction have gone viral all over social media and there's a link to that report everybody is talking about how they have never seen anything like this before and if the drought in the southwest persists the lines could soon even be longer in the short term this is going to help stabilize meat prices but in the long term the size of the u.s cattle herd will steadily become smaller and smaller and that has very ser serious implications for our ability to feed ourselves into 2023 and beyond so you're probably not going to see any effects in fact you might even see better beef prices in the short term or at least not going up but it's basically moving forward and in into next year okay North Texas has become the epicenter for this rapidly growing crisis. Thanks to the drought, there's simply not enough grass and not enough water, and so many ranchers have have been forced to make some really tough decisions. So this is yet one more way they're going about this. And they'll they'll blame humanity for the drought and, and Mother Guy is grieved and, and you know, whatever they're gonna blame. Everything that they're gonna blame is gonna be a total lie, though, from the pit of hell. That's all they can do is lie. They're of their father the devil, and he was a liar from the beginning. So Here's some listener comments on vegetarians and vegans, plus my teaching on the subject. One listener, longtime listener, uh, John says, it's amazing the anti-human agenda just making it impossible and gridlocked on all levels. I will never be vegan. I won't be eating worms either. But yes, again, vegan to me is anti-human eugenic type thinking uh, from that kind of root. I'm just saying your body needs meat. I cannot imagine the damage uh, evidently of not having it but i can see sunken in black eyes 
uh, with rings around them on most who are vegan and they are depleted hardcore I'd say if you do it long meaning if you're a vegan for a long time there might be side effects to the body in a damaging way oh yeah there are I mean um, if uh, anyway uh, now I've had I had over the years I had um, my, my sickest patients that I saw when I was in private practice and I was you know I specialize in clinical nutrition supplementation which I still do but I'm just not in I'm just not seeing patients anymore um my sickest patients across the board were vegans vegans being the really really strict ones and they always came in and they always looked sickly almost jaundiced black circles under their eyes eyes sunken there's just things you cannot get in a vegan diet it is I would say it's impossible to be a healthy vegan long term. I'm not saying you can't do it for maybe a short amount of time. You could use veganism in a fasting way for a short amount of time. Uh, I'm not opposed to that. I'm talking about long term, year after year. And um, I'm going to get into um, um, in the next part. We're going to get into why and in and what it's doing to you on a spiritual level. Because see, that's why Satan doesn't want you to eat meat. Okay, that's why Satan wants us to be a population of like Soylent Green, the the movie. So I did a teaching on there. There was a fad back in the day, and this was I did this in 2007. It's, it was called the Hallelujah Diet. It was Christian, even though it's not Christian at all. Okay, it's so easily to debunk this from a Christian standpoint. Okay, I give you the Bible verses. Noah gets off the ark. God God tells him, you know, to eat meat essentially. And, um, I mean, I guess I could read that verse. The guy that, the guy that promoted that was named George Malkmus, Malkmus, a self-proclaimed reverend turned wild vegetarian ideas into mass marketing business. Oh, I wonder if money had any, any, um, bearing on his motivational factors. Uh, mass marketing business to prey on the gullible Christians. He sells juicers, distillers, supplements, books. Now I'm not I'm not against juicers. I'm not against distillers. I'm definitely not against supplements. But the guy's doing it to fleece the flock, okay? And um if Genesis 129 teaches a vegetarian diet, which is what they have evidently stand on, it only applied to ten generations. Jehovah or God quickly added every kind of animal flesh after the flood. See Genesis 9.3. And God called this a blessing on Noah and his sons. See Genesis 9 verses 1 through 3. But Reverend George, um, you know, goes by the partial word of God like all heretics. And, you know, obviously this is how cults and bad doctrine get started. And ignores this change in diet that God directed and God's people have followed for the last 4,500 years. Anyway, you can hear the full study on, on the teaching that I give here. In fact, if you just key in, I give you the link, but you can find it at, at the website if you just key in vegetarianism or hallelujah. You'll probably find it because it's the hallelujah diet. Okay. Uh, another listener, a longtime listener, Patricia, wrote, um, she says, I agree with, with Messenger. That was the, the John, the listener you just heard. That is exactly what longtime vegans look like. Pale skin, underweight, eyes sunken, black circles under the eyes. I can spot them about 20 feet away with glasses on. I used to see this phenomenon all the time when I lived around a bunch of New Agers in Tacoma Park, Maryland, which calls itself the Berkeley of the East. 
Oh, and let's not forget their hair starts to fall out, so they become very thin-haired. Yeah, that's another thing. Their hair will fall out, and it gets real thin and stringy. You know, you've got just, there's so many multitude of reasons for all their health problems that happen uh, that I could do probably at least a two-part teaching just on that. Now, I probably did cover that in the teaching I did on the Hallelujah You Die, some of it at least. So now, I've, listen, I covered this before, and I'm, I'm kind of going to skim over this a little bit because I did cover this before, uh, back in 2020. But I want to cover this again briefly and because this gets into the more of the spiritual side of why wouldn't Satan want us to eat particularly red meat? Uh, important listener question regarding getting enough meat protein. Uh, Dr. Rebecca Brown and praising the Lord's spiritual warfare. She said, hi, uh, longtime listener. Hi, Scott. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this book. If you are, please review pages 184 through 187. Uh, now, I'm going to go over those in a second. I actually posted those here. I've also attached this for you to review for yourself. You will find that very fitting with regards to the meat shortage that is happening now. The book is He Came to Set the Captives Free by Rebecca Brown. Um, and I'm not going to get a whole lot into that. I, I, the, there's a little thing, description of it here. Uh, it was one of the books that I read when I kind of... I probably read it around mm, 97, around there, 98. Um, it was about a really big time spiritual warfare battle. And um, I'll, I'll just read a little bit of this. For 17 years, Elaine served her master, Satan, with total commitment. Then she met Dr. Rebecca Brown, who served her master, Jesus Christ, with equal commitment. Elaine was one of the top witches in the U.S., clashed with Dr. Brown, who stood against her alone. In the titanic life and death struggle that followed, Dr. Brown nearly lost her life. Elaine, finding a power and love greater than anything Satan could give her, left Satan and totally committed her life to Jesus Christ. This is an honest, in-depth account of Satan's activities today. You will see how to recognize and combat the many Satanists who regularly infiltrate and destroy Christian churches, which we were just talking about last week with uh, uh, Pete McMaster with his testimony. Recognize and combat satanic attacks. Recognize those serving Satan and bring them to Jesus Christ. Now, here's my comment on this. Yes, I'm very familiar with Dr. Rebecca Brown. I read it a long time ago. I actually took a group of Christians when I was in a Pentecostal church to see Rebecca Brown speaking around 1999 at a West Palm Beach church. We actually met with her. I think it was like at a, an IHOP after she spoke. We all went out to eat oh, at a Perkins afterward. We really had a good visit. I will read these pages uh, sent to you in an upcoming teaching. Personally, I feel the biggest flaw in what she was doing, what Rebecca Brown was doing, was not reading or quoting from the King James Bible and directly dealing with the demons and the witches she was dealing with. Bill Schneblin, before he turned into a Hebrew roots rabbi, told her the same thing. And according to Bill, she kind of laughed at him and basically said it did not make any difference in what Bible you used. What if you're using the Queen James Bible then, Rebecca? I understand it wasn't even around then. But I mean, come on. How can how can the, the version of what the Word of God not make a difference in dealing with Satan? How can that, if it's been corrupted, you're telling me it doesn't make a difference? Um... 
But the thing is, is if you read all her horror stories of almost getting killed over and over and over by witches and warlocks, she seems to barely escape every single time. I've dealt with tons of stuff, very similar myself, and that has not been my experience. As I have always used the KJV to engage the forces of evil, and I have not had anywhere near the problems that Rebecca Brown continually had. She let... A guy she married ended up... I, I, he was like a generational Luciferian. She, she, she let stuff, I believe, into her life that also opened her up. Um to some stuff now i'm not saying you can't glean from this book though but just be careful and if you get the book take it with a grain of salt okay because if you're reading this book as, as an as a baby christian you're thinking it would almost make you feel like uh yeah i can win the fight against satan but like barely by like the skin of my teeth which is actually that's a phrase in the bible king james um it's not exactly a tremendous faith builder if you read the thing, because they're barely escaping satanic attacks, like it seemed like, you know, daily or twice a day or what. I mean, it was just ridiculous. They got the victory, praise the Lord. But uh, I think if she would have had some really good biblical headship, you know, uh, that would have been great but then again most pastors don't want to deal with this type of stuff they run away from it it's not something they gravitate to i gravitate to that this is like you know i want to go right toward it but we're all called to different stuff now i'm going to read you and I, I know i've done this before but i'm going to read you a little bit just to refresh our memory here uh, regarding this whole thing about <clears throat> um the whole meat eating thing um uh, let me see here Okay, so through the years I've been involved in this ministry, the Lord has shown me the drain on our physical bodies is a peculiar one that creates an acute loss of protein. If we are not careful to increase our daily intake of high-quality protein during times of intensive spiritual battle, we will become weak. The scriptures have much to say on the subject. Ever since God's covenant with Noah, in which he commanded Noah to eat meat, which we just talked about, there um, was it. Uh, yeah, Genesis 9, 1 through 3. Okay, so ever since that point, uh, let's see here. Uh, Satan and his demons have been trying to stop humans from eating meat. It is interesting to note that today's Hindus and many other Eastern religions, all of which are forms of demon worship, believe that either success of either a medium, which is like a witch, or an, an adept, which is again, you know, like a witch, a medium, whose powers come from the demons possessing them depends on the presence in their bodies of a subtle fluid called akasa, which is soon exhausted and without which the demons are unable to act. This fluid, the Hindus say, may be regenerated only by a vegetarian diet and chastity. So you regenerate the fluid that the, that the demons evidently need to have inside your body, although I don't I think it's more of a spiritual thing by vegetarian diet and chastity. Okay. I doubt the chastity is very much um, a, a big factor in that though. So then she goes on to say, as we study the Old Testament and the laws of God gave to his uh, people, the children of Israel, uh, we will find that the spiritual warriors of those days were the Levites of Israel, the, the priest class. 
Their diets were clearly high in beef and lamb. If beef is so harmful, then why did Abraham prepare beef for God himself to eat when he came to visit him? Abraham would obviously prepare the best he had. See Genesis 18, 1 through 7. Uh, she brings another good point here. Um, if we look at various spiritual warfares of renown in the Old Testament, we'll find that, uh, and she's saying every time, I don't know about every time, maybe they did every time, but um, I would say many times before they engaged in a great battle, God prepared them with eating of meat. For instance, Elijah, please note the menu provided for him personally by the Lord during this period of preparation, but just before he faced the prophets of Baal. We were just hearing those those verses earlier with, with the thing on Molech and how, and how I remember I had said he was using sarcasm to mock them. He's going against, you know, all these prophets of Baal, you know, and he's totally standing in boldness against, totally outnumbered, you know, and you know, mocking them basically, and in and, and, and uh, got the victory, and all, and he, you know, ended up slewing, killing all of them, you know. And before that battle, um, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, "Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself in the brook, brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. It shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there." And uh, uh, gets cut off. Okay, so I better have the next page. Um, if commanded the ravens to feed thee, so he went and did according unto the work of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh, meaning meat in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank the brook. So that's what he that's what he ate before he went into battle. Then then she quotes First uh, Timothy. Uh, four, one through five. Now, um, uh, you've heard me quote this a lot. Now, the Spirit, capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Well, that's where we're at. Okay, obviously we're seeing that in full swing, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Seeing that in full swing, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Oh, like Ken Hoven. Oh, okay, forbidding to marry. Okay, that would be like the Catholic priesthood. Or any other cult that would say, you know, whatever. And commanding to abstain from meats. Now, that word meats can just mean food. Okay, but I think in this instance, it actually means meat, flesh. Here's why. If you continue reading. Which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good. So this is actually in reference to creatures. Okay, and this is, these are foods that are, are you know, like meats. And things okay because that would imply that and i don't mean bugs and grubs and roaches okay because obviously those would be horrible um for every creature of god is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of god in prayer that's why it's so important to pray over every meal you eat because they're trying to kill us you know a thousand different ways to sunday and if you pray over your food you you now granted if you're eating you know big mac from mcdonald's and fries every day don't expect god to magically transform that into something wonderful for your body you know what i mean but yeah it is sanctified by the word of god in prayer i'm not saying god can't whatever but you know mcdonald's is so wicked and evil i would just never advise eating there and their food is so bad for you on so many different levels uh the, i was doing it like the last time i took like a cross-country thing with taylor I, I i it was like a long time ago and i 
was like there was a McDonald's was the only place, and all I got was like a coffee, and I, I like literally immediately like spilled it on myself, and I, I'm like, why did I even? I'm like, I'm tempting God. I'm like, oh, I got hammered right away. I haven't been there since. I mean, I, I just no way, man. That place is so wicked and evil. Uh, but um, yeah. So in this particular regard, yes, I do believe these are meats they're saying abstain from. And what do we? It, it says the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times. What did the New York Times article just said? Yo, you can't eat meat anymore. What did that freak we just heard say? You can't eat meat anymore. It's an indulgence we can't afford to have. Said that the, in the latter times they were going to tell you not to eat meat. All manner of meat. That's good. You know, and I'm not big in eating pork because, I mean, listen, there is wisdom in, in the Levitical dietary guidelines, okay? I'm not saying that, you know, you're sinning before God or whatever, but there it's a proven fact if you look at what pork does to you when you eat it, it is not good. Okay, it is not a good thing to be putting in your body. It's an un, it is unclean and it's it's not good for your health. Okay, it's just not. Um, does that mean I've never? I'm not going to say I never occasionally have pork. I'm not going to go there and, and, and because that'd be a lie. Um, but I don't go out and in, in like you're never going to find me in the store getting a pound of ham or whatever for lunch meat or something like that. You know, it doesn't happen. Um, do I occasionally have bacon on occasion? Yes, I do. Okay, I admit it. Okay, but the Bible says for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, do I want to make a steady diet of that? No, I don't want to do that. Uh, and even more, the more I learn about pork, the more I'm like, ah, Jabba, I don't think I want to eat this stuff anymore. I don't think it's it's just bad. It's super bad um, to even put in your body. But there is wisdom in the Levitical dietary guidelines. Okay, and I did a teaching on that. Just Kian. Levitical in the keyword search box and I go over the wisdom that's in there because there is wisdom are we bound under the law to be strict about the Levitical dietary guidelines no but there is wisdom in them God didn't just issue those for no reason so I would advise you to, to avail yourself to that you know so we we know according to the New Testament that in the latter times they're going to say, abstain from eating meat. So that's pretty interesting, okay? All more, I mean, we're literally seeing the New York Times thing confirmed in 1 Timothy 4, 1, or 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, right there. Now, going further with this book, okay, so she goes on to say, I've searched the medical literature carefully, and despite all the publicity, there simply are no good studies that conclusively show that red meat is harmful. Please note, I am referring to lean meat, not the fat. Yeah, I, I don't advise eating the fat. And, th and there's there's Bible for that. There's Bible saying, you know, you don't, you know, you don't cut off a big piece of fat and eat it. That's, there's Bible for that. And I've got into that. I think the study I did on blood, blood and meat, because that's another one I did. Key in that. Uh, meat, blood. You want to hear that too. Uh, uh, the, yeah, uh, referring to lean meat, not the fat, which the Lord told the Israelites not to eat when he gave them the law. He told them not to eat the fat. And he said it was a perpetual covenant, meaning you don't ever eat the fat. Okay, I, I don't, personally, I don't want to eat the fat. I don't, I don't want to eat the, cut off a big piece of fat and eat it. Ugh. I, I don't like it. I don't know. In fact, much work has been done showing 
the merits of protein supplements in a wide ranges of illness, but Satan has such control on the medical field, it's extremely difficult to get the average physician to pay, well, yeah, because it's for the pharmacia, uh, to the merits of uh, necessity of protein. If you stop to evaluate, you'll find that the bottom line is any health food teaching or fat is abstinence from meat. The bottom line, in any, well, that's, that's a blanket statement. That's not true, but... Um, but she says it's no accident. It's carefully masterminded, planned by Satan because he knows very well protein. Our body needs protein. And we have a tremendous protein drain caused by involvement in spiritual warfare. Okay. If you were agreeing with me in the prayer I said at the start of this, you were engaging in spiritual warfare. Okay, so understand. That's what we're talking about. If Satan can keep God's warriors from eating meat, he can cause much weakness and illness among them from the lack of protein. So I said all the stuff I said till now to say this. This is why Satan doesn't, and his devils and demons don't want you eating meat, and particularly red meat. Because it's just a lot more rich in a lot of the minerals and things like that, that like chicken isn't as, as um, nutrient dense, I should say. Uh, ideally what you want to eat is you know ideally organic grass-fed beef you don't want to eat you know gmo fed cows fed gmo corn feedlot type of stuff if you can avoid it uh, obviously that's better than crickets though anyway um the physical body rapidly loses its ability to fight infections when deprived of protein many people die unnecessarily in these days of modern medicine because their doctors don't supplement their protein intake Okay, during times of intense battling, we often find it necessary to eat meat at least twice a day. If we do not, we rapidly lose strength and often become physically ill. I have worked with many people who, when under intensive attacks by witchcraft, became excessively weakened and even ill, simply because they did not know about God's simple principles regarding uh, protein intake. All of them were much improved when they increased the amount of meat in their diets. When you're experiencing pain, depression, exhaustion from being on the battlefield, or at any other time, don't forget one of our key weapons, praise. I will never forget the night the father taught me that lesson. I had just gone to bed and was tossing and turning, unable to sleep. I was deeply depressed. I was exhausted and in much pain, and everything seemed to be impossible. Actually, uh, what I was doing was having a pity party. Then suddenly, the father allowed me to see through my eyes the spiritual body, and I saw that I was on a battlefield. Uh, um, that my actual spirit body was, but I was not fighting. I was down on the ground, surrounded by many demons who were all jeering and throwing stones at me. I did not care. I was so tired that I had hoped these demons would kill me. I did not want to live. There was nowhere to run, nowhere out of the situation except to stand up and fight. But at that point, I was too tired and depressed to do so. I'm sure we've all been in that position. Um, and... She says, I do not know how much Elaine knew of what was happening, but I do know that it was a response to a command from the father that she came into the bedroom at that point and put on one of our tapes of Christian music. I was in no mood to listen to music, especially not the type of praise hymn she chose. Elaine did not say anything to me. She simply sat and listened to the music gently and persistently. And the Holy Spirit showed me how wrong my indulgence and self-pity was. Now, I, the, the book gets cut off there, but that's the, the, the sacrifice of praise, you know, um, and how that can be actually used as a weapon as well okay and it's uplifting and the devils and demons hate it and it's just another thing to you know there's just a lot to to know you know regarding the whole subject of spiritual warfare uh now 
another longtime listener sent me this because I sent this out to um, some of the, my listeners and she commented on the Rebecca Brown and the subject of deliverance. And she said, I wanted to share my impressions of Dr. Rebecca Brown with you. In the early 1980s, I was mentored by a deliverance minister who used to quietly visit the upstate New York Bible school campus where we lived and worked for almost a dozen years. I will call him B.B. The students were a bit, a bit terrified of B.B. and his many, dreaded, his many dreaded visits because he would recognize demonic strongholds, which they still secretly allowed in their lives. He would take students participating in secret sin privately aside to warn them to warn them to stop their sin and to offer to pray deliverance for them. He never did the public showbiz deliverances um, made so popular by TV evangelists. He warned me they were all wolves. Yeah. This is why I'm so reluctant who I refer to. Because, you know, <laughs> trusting these people. Okay, this is really cool. One of my first experiences with BB was when a friend of mine asked him to pray for her regarding her addiction to cigarettes since they were banned on campus but she still had to sneak a smoke she had to sneak to smoke i was asked to pray backup in the next room while bb prayed deliverance in private for my friend when i heard him bind and cast out a spirit of nicotine because there are spirits specifically associated with cigarettes and nicotine i thought it was absurd but immediately the room i was in next door completely filled with what smelled like smoke from a hundred cigarettes wow it was overwhelming and graphic evidence of the reality of the existence of a spirit of nicotine and it being cast out my friend literally had no desire to smoke after that deliverance that is one spirit i have never battled with i can't stand smoking i never have liked it i tried all that stuff when i was young i tried you know like a lot of kids do cigarettes and chewing tobacco and uh dip and basically every time i either thought it was disgusting or it made me throw up everywhere so i was like yeah i'm good i'm good on this um brother bb's authority and deliverance was so well known and feared in haiti by the demons there that when he landed on his ministry visits sometimes possessed people would literally scream and tear and fall down writhing like snakes on the airport tarmac as he exited the plane oh man Anyway, I started all this, I stated all this to show a glimpse of why BB's ministry was proven legit to me. Yeah, sounds like it. Here's the point. Because of witchcraft COVID meetings I had discovered on campus, now this is the same campus, you know, that she was talking about, I had started reading books on deliverance and spiritual warfare. Dr. Rebecca Brown's books was one which seemed to address all my questions. I'd found out about her through Jack Chick, who published both her and my husband's books. Her husband is also an was an author also one of my patients um god rest his soul um so when bb visited the campus i asked him about it he said um and he's he's in heaven so i don't i i know people say that like in, in a way like oh you know what like unsaved people will save that okay well he was saved he's in heaven anyway um he said that he would throw out every book on deliverance he ever had so okay let me let me say that again so when bb visited the campus i asked him about it evidently dr rebecca brown's book he said that he would throw out every book on deliverance that he had ever seen and name many of the ones i had actually read but he had not read dr rebecca brown's book 
as of yet, so he agreed to read it. BB's assessment after reading Dr. Rebecca Brown's first two books was that they were the first ones on spiritual warfare and deliverance, which he could ever actually endorse. Wow. Uh, I even asked him about the werewolf part, and he confirmed the reality of their use within satanic covens. I'm telling you guys, werewolves are real. Vampires are real. Reptilians are real. Bigfoot are real. These cryptozoological Nephilim type creatures are real. And some of them are humans that have made deals with the devil that, you know, they become these things. Okay. Um, there's a lot of talk about these kind of, and that was where I first started really hearing about it. And, and this is like a lot of what I cut my teeth on because I instantly was like, I want to engage that. That's what I want to deal with. I want to deal with where I want to deal with, I want to deal with the, the worst of the worst. That was just my, I just gravitated to that. And then God, you know, has taken me through so many different things where I've dealt with like voodoo high priests. And if you ever heard my study on the Northport devil, that 20 foot winged reptilian, um, albino thing that I dealt with. Granted, he never manifested, but you know, he sure did to other people. Um, the stuff I covered last in the last study that I just put up, I've asked God for that and gotten the victory every single time, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, through him. Not because I'm big and bad, but the Lord's perfectly capable of dealing with anything, any cryptozoological, any non-human entity out there. And this is one of the first places I'd ever read about this stuff. You know, um, then... So she asked him about the werewolf and he confirmed the reality of their use within the satanic groups. Yeah, absolutely. Later, a werewolf visited the campus as our war against Covens increased. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And these black-eyed children. Mm, I haven't been able to get... Well, now, Jasmine, the, the, the black-eyed witch, she was, she was black-eyed. But we never got to meet in person. You know, but... You know, a guy can dream. Anyway, um, as for the KJV, my Bible school was KJV only, and I rebelled against it my entire stay there. It wasn't until a couple decades later that my eyes were open about the fallacies of other translations. So I have sympathy for doc, the late Dr. Rebecca Brown, Yoder, for her lack of understanding on that. I suspect she became KJV only before her death. I only correspond with her a couple times, though, so I just can't confirm that. Janice. Well, when Bill Schneblin talked to her about it, she kind of chuckled from what he said, I believe, during one of his presentations. And, oh, she said, oh, Bill, that doesn't matter. None of that matters. <laughs> Come on, how can that not matter? Come on. Anyway. I, I just, I think that was a big part of why she had such problems. Because if you read the books, understand it's going to be like, whoa, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, all I'm telling you guys is that has not been my experience. Okay, now I'm not saying I was dealing with as high level of stuff maybe as she was. Okay, uh, I don't want to like whatever, but I think I've dealt with some pretty high level stuff over the years. And I just love coming back and giving praise reports about, oh, okay, well, see what God did. You know, I just, I just thought about the, the whole thing with Todd Bentley, how God had a listener of mine, Doug, longtime listener. Well, at the time he was. And, um, when I was back in 
uh, Fort Myers and we had that little home home Bible study that we were doing. And that was when I first started in Sermon Audio. And how he took us to, uh, had us uh, go to um, Todd Bentley when that freak was doing that, the, the, the revival thing, when that false healing and the charismania and just the insanity and he's kicking people with his biker boot and kicking pregnant women with his biker boot and supposedly healing them that way and all the insanity that went and how he had us go to where it was being held because it had outgrown the church. It was at a airport now, some a private airport there in Lakeland, Florida. And we watched one up there and we sat in the back row and prayed for about, I don't know, two or three hours. You can hear the whole thing. Just can't Todd Bentley. Todd Bentley. Or Bentley. You'll find it. And then you might, the first one that'll show up is how it got shut down that week that we went there. And it had been going on for months and months and months. It was it was the biggest thing you heard about in Charismania at the time. And I was like 2007, 2008, I don't know, around there. It was the biggest thing going on. Everybody was flocking from all over the world. Two praying Christians go, and literally that week it was all shut down. This big scandal broke with him. I was cheating on his wife, and then some other, some other thing. I got into it in the teaching. It was a lot fresher, obviously, back then when I did it. Guy was a child molester. He's a convicted child molester, Todd Bentley. And yes, did he did he totally um, whatever that revive that supposed false fake revival got totally shut down? He's never ever been anywhere near what he was before. I don't even know if he's even what he's doing now at all. But that guy was straight from the pit of hell. And you talk about millions of Christians that were duped by that guy. Hey, I've been in the Pentecostal thing. I know. I know how easy it is. You know, the the, the draw of the flesh and the carnality of, of the Pentecostal stuff, it's really, really seductive. Let me tell you, I've been there. I'm not judging other people for being in it. And that was why I think I had a pretty unique perspective. Because I came out of Pentecostalism and then went right into like the most hardcore Baptist, independent, fundamental, King James only, unincorporated. And I stayed in that for a while. And then, you know, found so many things lacking in the denominational system that God finally brought me out of it. And that's how the ministry started when I was on Sermon Audio originally. But that was one of the coolest things that God's, if not the coolest, most awesome thing I've ever seen God do was that. Within one week, it was over. And he wasn't even there that day. But it was where he was conducting all the services. That's the power of God, man. I mean, that, that had nothing. I mean, he were just, we were just willing vessels, you know. But you really, if you want to get your faith built up, key that in. Todd Bentley. And I did, I mean, I did, I don't even know, probably over 10 teachings on it. If you want to start from the earliest one and... and it would kind of be better if you did it that way because then it would kind of, if you just listen to how we shut it down, you're not going to get the full context. Because let me tell you guys, if, if you're a new Christian and you didn't know about that back in whatever, 2007, 8 or whatever it was, it was a really big deal in Charismania. Biggest deal of, of going on on the planet when it came to that. Okay? So, um, anyway, uh, all right, so let's let's move on to uh, the next report. U.S. former Army employee. Everything is a psyop. Stop being afraid. When I 
I was in psychological operations in the Army in 2003, it was illegal to run psychological operations on the American people. Well, Obama changed that in 2014. Now it's perfectly legal to run PSYOP on the American people. You are living in a multifaceted psychological operations exercise on every front. I want you to ask yourself when you're being told information like Bill Gates says there's going to be a surprise outbreak or Fauci says there's going to be this or that or vials of smallpox are suddenly found and you get to know about it. Why? Why do you get to know about it? Because of setting up a narrative. What is that narrative? What does the narrative gain? Everything in these operations are designed to make you afraid so that you do what the powers that be want you to do, okay? Win the hearts and minds of the people, okay? And that's done with fear. So stop being afraid. You do not fear men. Your soul is eternal. Stop being afraid and stand up. The fear, of, I was the fear of man bringeth a snare. That's what she's talking about. Fear God not man okay and obviously i mean i'm assuming she's a christian this psyop i mean you, you look at the biggest sock we've just the world's ever seen the COVID 19 lying debacle which i fought tooth and nail going all the way back to 2006 because i believe god had me do that tour on the prophecy club in 2006 because he knew this day was coming it was like the avion flu thing i did but it was on steroids this time it had advanced, it was much more progressed, but it was the same exact concept I was warning about in 2006 with the vaccine needle being at the centerpiece of it all. So, you know, this is why I try to fight this garbage tooth and nail, because man, it's just everywhere. United Nations announces Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum and the UN uh, General Secretary Anto in Antonio Guterres have signed an agreement to accelerate Agenda 2030. So let's see about this. Okay, let's listen to this guy. Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will, sign a, will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 agenda. So this again, afternoon, it's, it's Satan entering into an agreement, Klaus Schwab, you know, the, the author, architect of the Great Reset, who he said COVID-19 you know, was integral to bringing us into the Great Reset. Now they're, they're openly just coming out and announcing their partnerships and accelerating their Agenda 2030, which, you know, you'll own nothing and be happy and, and eat bugs and eat each other and uh, all drive electric cars and eat soy like green. And I'm not, I'm not buying that. I'm not, I'm not buying into the fear of all that. But again, this is what Satan is telling us. But again, Satan's way, way, way behind on, on his agenda. Remember, like I've said before, if it was up to Satan, 1984, George Orwell would have been reality in 1984. So they're a little bit behind on their timeline. Okay? We're not, we're not on Satan's timeline. We're on God's timeline. And I understand what the book of Revelation and Daniel and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and Matthew 24 and all the other places in the Bible that talk about the end times. I understand what that says. I get it. But we're to be good soldiers. We're to occupy, you know, until Jesus returns and um, to fight and wage a good warfare, period. And to not fear man, but to fear God. And as you would have men do unto you, do ye also unto them, which is the golden rule. 
if you saw someone in a burning building and you're like, ah, I don't want to wake them up, you know, you're not really doing much of a favor. You know, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's kind of how I view things. So um, understand that if you, if you are hearing this information and have been exposed to this level of information, you're in a very privileged position because a lot of Christians, the majority, are not hearing this. They're not getting exposed to truth. They might be getting exposed to some truth, but they're not getting exposed to very much. And the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. So it's our obligation to try to help other people, warn other people, do unto them as you would want to have done. That's why I started this ministry, because I'm like, I came out, I'd seen all this garbage since I've been saved. I read the book and wrapped to Global Occupation by Gary Call, which was a UN insider that basically gave the layout of the New World Order. And I've seen it unfold right before my eyes. And I saw all these subjects that this, the church just refused to ever talk about, the whole alien agenda and all these other stuff that I, I tend to get into, the vaccine agenda and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I don't see a lot of other people doing this. And this is clearly a need in the body of Christ that this is needed. So that's, I just acted in, in on that. And I had a newsletter list probably since 2000. And God says, um, that if you're faithful with a little, it'll give you more. And, I, and then it turned into a, a ministry, it's sermon audio. And then that turned into continuefortruth.com. And, and it got, you know, bigger and bigger. So that's basically just my little testimony on the whole thing. Um, okay, so here's another one. Everyone should see this video. Representative Ray Higgins of Louisiana asking police chief if he would enforce gun confiscation. Okay, so Republican congressman asked police chief if he would enforce gun confiscation. And what happens next is next is unbelievable. Presented statement, sir. Say you support confiscating guns from individuals determined to be a threat to themselves or others. Determined to be. So by this legislation, my colleagues are putting forth. My this is Representative Clay Higgins, Louisiana Republican. So by this legislation, my colleagues are putting forth. My understanding of the of the letter of that law, which I 1,000% oppose, as would our founding fathers, the letter of that law says an anonymous tip from a citizen. So if this was law, Commissioner, would you confiscate, would you go to your neighbor's home and confiscate his legally owned weapons, a man that was not under criminal investigation nor under arrest? Would you do it? The red flag laws would. That's a yes or no, brother. I got five minutes to make an hour and a half statement here. It's more than a yes or no answer. It we'll move on then. If, if you cannot say yes, you would confiscate weapons from an American citizen that was subject to this law that my colleagues intend to push through this Congress, then you, and you said in your statement that you would confiscate those weapons if an American was determined to be, your quote, a threat to themselves or others. According to that law, determined to be is defined by an anonymous tip. Exactly. That an American... Your, 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 your neighbor that hates your guts because you're a conservative or because you're a Christian or because you're pro-life or because, you know, you're not going along with the homosexual agenda. All they have to do is call in an anonymous tip, these red flag laws, and then just come out and take everything. Throw you in jail. Citizen, a threat to themselves or others. You're a police commissioner. 
a thin blue line brother, sworn to uphold the Constitution, and you're saying you'd seize those weapons. I see that as a problem. I'm going to bring us back in time to World War II. America's population, 140 million. 15 million American men came home from World War II with deep scars and significant skills. They bore the invisible wounds of war. There was weapons everywhere. Yep. We're talking about mental challenge. My father was one of those men who was a Navy pilot in World War II. He came back from the war and built his family. I'm the seventh of his eight children. I was born in 1961. We had guns everywhere. There was virtually no regulation. Any child in the 50s could buy a weapon from any seller if daddy sent them with the money. We didn't have mass shootings. It wasn't until 1968 in America that serial numbers were even required on weapons sold in this country. Mm. You order weapons through the Sears catalog by the mail. <laughs> yeah. 19, in the 70s, I attended a high school, large rural school. Virtually every vehicle in the parking lot was a pickup truck. And almost every one had a rifle or a shotgun on the back glass and a pistol in, under the seat. We didn't have school shootings. Yep. But what he's not getting into, though, he probably isn't even aware that so much of the time, these school shootings are nothing more than governmental ops. MK Ultra mind control slaves that are triggered or some patsy or whatever that has been ginned up and trained or whatever to do this so that they can be blamed so that we've got into that in previous studies 1979 I began college one of the jobs I had to work my way through college was as a carpenter we restored historical buildings we had to determine in the process of that work what was the original cuts of these, these homes, residential homes, built 75, 85, 100 years ago. You could tell by the saw cut if it was a mechanical cut, an electric cut, or a hand cut. By such observations, we knew exactly how that house was originally built. And to my amazement as a young man, beginning college in Louisiana, working. To my amazement, you know what I discovered, Madam Chair? You know what these houses did not have that were built 100 years ago in cities in America? You know what they did not have, Commissioner? Locks. Locks. Now I ask you all, what happened to that country, man? <laughs> A country where homes were built in cities with no locks. A country where guns were everywhere and virtually not regulated at all. But you where, know what that would do? That would give you a Kennesaw, Georgia, which you've heard me talk about that many, many times. Where, uh, again, I've reported on this, the, the, the city of Kennesaw, Georgia, where they made that law back in, I don't know if it was the 90s or whatever, where they required the head of every household or house to have a firearm. And their crime basically dropped to zero zero because a criminal is going to think real twice uh think very much twice about robbing a home in kennesaw georgia 
knowing that there's a gun in basically every home. I should read you a little bit of this. Crime rates plummet after law required firearms for residents in Kennesaw, Georgia. 25 years murder-free in Guntown, USA. Now, this was from April 19th, 2007. We used to play Kennesaw. When I was at Life College, we we had my, like, last year, we, we had a basketball team. And I remember going to the basketball games and watching, and that was, like, our most heated rivalry. They were, they were, there were some dudes on Kennesaw, man. They were, <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, crime rate plummeted after law required firearms for residents. As the nation debates whether more guns or fewer can prevent tragedies like the Virginia Tech massacre, which was a total mind control slave that was triggered. I did a study on that. A notable anniversary passed last month in a Georgia town that witnessed a dramatic plunge in crime and violence after mandating residents to own firearms. In March of 1982, 25 years ago, the small town of Kennesaw, Georgia, responding to a handgun ban in Morton Grove, Illinois, unanimously passed an ordinance requiring each head of the household to own and maintain a gun. Now that... Now, that is a dramatic requirement, don't you think? Of course, opponents of such drastic action predicted grave results 25 years ago. What has really happened? Well, since then, despite dire predictions of the Wild West showdowns and increased violence and accidents, not a single resident has been involved in a fatal shooting as a victim, attacker, or defender. Amen. Results speak for themselves. At this one, As this one person quoted above said... Um, 60 million gun owners in America shot by no one. Yeah. It's pretty much the case. Guns don't kill people. Psychos kill people. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and post this um in there because I went ahead and read this. But this is the concept of what that congressman was just talking about. They didn't have locks on their houses, but you know what they all had? They all had guns. Because you're going to think twice about breaking into somebody's residence. Number one, obviously, you know, morality was a lot better. Obviously. You, you look at the denigration of society or whatever. But that's the concept. And it works. Kennesaw, Georgia proves it. Prove it works. You look at past history, like this congressman was talking about. It proves it works. Okay, so let's finish up here. Millions of Americans, 14 million Americans came back. It's 11% of the population at the time, after World War II, with incredible skills of war and weapons of war, as you called them, everywhere. But we didn't have mass shootings. And here we sit today, where an entire once proud Democratic Party is pre presenting unbelievably unconstitutional laws to press upon our nation, and we have a police commissioner that says he would go home to home and confiscate legally owned weapons if he got a tip. Just a tip. Madam Chair, I yield my speech, but I will not yield my opposition to these unconstitutional laws. Wow. That was awesome. We need legions more of people like that. And the prayer that we prayed at the start about, you know, use anybody in righteousness, you know, a righteous person in government, like a beacon of light. You know, those are the types of people that, that we need, you know, that are that are not afraid to tell the truth. Uh, then we have this, ATF, all of this obviously is related, going door to door, starting to do door to door gun checks. 
So let's play it. Let's play this one. So this is, I, I don't know if this is one of those, um, I think it's one of those doorbell. Yeah, it's a ring thing where it's recording and it's showing three different ATF police officers doing a door to door gun check. Um, it's only like a minute and 45 I'm going to play here. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's all, I'm, all I'm doing is verifying that, look, verifying that you have it. You got two different purchases. Okay. If you so have this them, guy knew what he purchased. Um, he's coming to his front door. He's got two guys out in the yard. He's got a bulletproof vest on. He's got two guys out in the yard, kind of, you know, standing there, his backup, whatever. And asking to produce these firearms that he bought lawfully um and again this is incrementalism this is um beta testing to see what they can get away with now this really went viral i, I hope that there's a ton of pushback on this i haven't heard about any more of these going on but that's not to say i'm sure it's happening just you know people may not be recording it but Anyway, I'm going to play the rest. I'm out of here. That's how quick it is. Yeah. Do you have them with you by any chance? Are they, if, you can, if you can unload them and bring them out, or you can go out to your foyer here, check them out, by number, serial number, and we're out of here. Oh. Like this? Yeah. So it's gun registration, too, which always precedes confiscation. So we want to know where your guns are, if you have them. We want to take down the serial numbers. That way, when we come to get them, we'll know, you know, you have them, and don't try to weasel out of this, and, you know. Gun confisc gun registration always precedes gun confiscation. That's it. It'll take five seconds. The reason we're out here is we're obviously gun. They are. They're already registered. Obviously, they already know the serial numbers. They're just going to compare what they already have. Now, this is the next step. Well, yeah, they're they're registered, but we got to come by to to verify they're here on residence and that you're not you know using them or sold them into some uh, for any kind of illegal activity. I, who knows what they're satanic justifications are. There's been an uptick, so we want to make sure we've been having a lot of issues with straw purchases. So one of, the, one of the things we indicators that we get is somebody makes it a large gun purchase. And then a lot of times we've been there like, oh, those guns got taken. We're like, so this is their satanic justification. Oh, they got taken. And oh, we don't know they're on the streets then if they got taken, if you don't, you know, whatever. The idea is when you purchase more than two guns at a time, it generates a, a multiple sale report. And he comes to us and we have to check him out. That's, that's what that is. He did nothing wrong. Did absolutely zero. Uh, I noticed that you were stopped in Philly, though, right, with one of your guns? I mean, they're all wearing bulletproof vests. They're all armed to the teeth. They've all got, you know, it's very, very intimidating. Um, I'm okay. I just... I didn't expect... Uh... Oh, no, listen, it just came up, I'm telling you. That's, that's why we, we came here, look. There's, a, there's an email from the from the federal right. side saying, can you make sure this guy's got his gun? Now, if you recently just purchased a whole bunch of guns, if we can look at them and just, I have them just scratch them off, and that way, because I know we so don't see this again. Back. Yeah, we can just write which ones you just bought, okay. and so if we save a trip from coming back, we can confirm right. that you have them. Right. Unbelievable. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go get them. Okay. Okay. Uh, we, we will wait out here. Okay. We will stay out here. Okay. You can lock yourself in there. boy in there in my life. No, we'll oh, no, no. Listen, I understand. You, okay. We'll stay out here. No big deal. That's okay. fine. All right. We'll stay All right. out here. All right. I mean, they're trying to be Mr. Nice Guy kind of, oh, yeah, we're really cool. Yeah, we got out of your hair. Just, you know, and again, this is how 
this is just bit by bit you know um inch by inch it's a satanic cinch you know that's how they do it incrementalism inch by inch and this is just new new precedent um there uh now switching gears again here i'm trying to cover as much ground as i can today nightmare and again you know i'm reporting on things so people don't fall into traps okay so if anybody was thinking that this electric vehicle thing is a good thing to do you need to really get out of that thinking process because it is satanic to its core it's trying to obviously get everybody into electric vehicles so you know we will have no access to fossil fuels and i understand if they released all the ways that we can generate energy the, the stuff they suppress from tesla and free energy and stuff like that you know we could be driving cars around that you know whatever but it's very important for them to limit your freedom as much as possible and fossil fuel vehicles afford freedom you can store fossil fuels you can go a lot further with a fossil fuel car with a gasoline powered or diesel powered truck or car and they don't want you to have that kind of mobility okay and then they say oh it's destroying the environment all these other lame lying excuses so just a couple of things to think about nightmare battery dies after family buys used electric car um uh, the swinensky family thought that they were doing something good for the environment when they purchased a seven this their 17 year old avery her first vehicle an electric 2014 ford focus however within six months the batteries cars the bat the car's battery died and ford no longer produces replacement batteries thing was just made in 2014 they're now producing replacement batteries what kind of scam is this when her grandfather looked into replacing the battery ford service technicians told them they could do it for a mere fourteen thousand dollars plus installation fees oh so they purchased it for 11 and they only want fourteen thousand for the new batteries and that's not even including the installation fee well, where do i sign up who want to go for that what a deal the car was initially purchased for eleven thousand dollars Adding insult to injury, the local Ford dealership said they'd take the car off their hands for a measly 500 which is what it's actually worth, without the batteries. Oh, how, how benevolent, how magnanimous of them to do such a wonderful Christian thing. Now Avery's grandpa, Ray, is warning other consumers that electric cars aren't all they're cracked up to be. Hmm. If you're buying a new one, you have to realize there's no secondhand market out there because the manufacturers aren't supporting the car. So it's basically like a disposable car. You get it, you drive it for six years, and then you gotta upgrade to another one. And you're you're just barely got the you got the one paid off because now, do you realize now? I just heard this the other day. The average car price in America is forty eight thousand dollars. Is it forty eight or forty nine thousand? Yeah, you heard that right. The average. I'm thinking, are you inside? I've never bought a car for that much money. Ever. I, I I can't even comprehend spending that much money on a car. And I saw an advertisement, I don't know, it was like probably six months ago on like some kind of, it was a Jeep. But it was like the Jeep nice one. It was like $98,000 or something. 
I'm thinking, are we living in, in some kind of alternate dimension reality? $98,000 for like a Jeep, like the nicest one? I mean, okay, do I buy a house or do I buy a car? Oh, the car, the house prices are outrageous too. No, I'll stick with my my 17-year-old uh, used vehicle that's working just fine. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm satisfied with that. My 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 SUV. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Forty-eight thousand dollars. I don't want anything to do with these new vehicles anyway because they're more a uh, big brother tech. Every single year they come out with these new cars. There's more Big Brother garbage they're they're installing into these things. And I understand you could say, well, mine's 2005 or whatever, and, and it's whatever. Not near to the there's not near as much Big Brother tech in my vehicle than there is in the, the new stuff coming out. I don't want anything to do with this stuff. It's the same reason I tell you not to buy smartphones, and I tell you to make yourself as small a target as possible, and I tell you not to have these things like these ring things on there and all these ways and Alexa and all these ways they're monitoring you and recording you and all this stuff. And you can say, well, yeah, but all I'm saying is that I would just do the least amount of that as you can. I think it's pleasing to God. So, yeah, I mean, hey, you buy a used electric vehicle for 14000 you think you're getting a good deal. Or I'm sorry, 11000 Hey, it's only 14000 to do replacement batteries, and that's not even including installation fees. So it's probably at least fifteen. Then you have this. Um, this was a comment by a listener trying to keep up on the top of the electric cars and fires. It happens a lot. Most are not reported. Um, only if the cars are put put out on social media does it actually get picked up, meaning by the by the press. And even then, they're probably told, hey, I really don't want to, we, this is part of the whole, you know, save mother Gaia thing. So don't, don't, don't put out the cars are exploding into flames when they're charging. Um, last year, I read about some star in Hollywood. I can't recall the name. She purchased her husband a Tesla and it burst into flames while at stoplight. Wow. On Wiltshire Boulevard. She went ballistic and put it out on her social media but not the mainstream media. I found it on, well, the mainstream media probably suppressed it. I found it on my conservative blog, though. Here are a few of the Tesla car, there are there are a few Tesla electric cars, car owners at Promontory, Promontory, and I've noticed they charge, they only charge their, meaning they only charge their Tesla cars outside. I wonder if Irvin County does not allow charging in the garage. Is that would destroy the entire complex. Those fires burn everything until it's all burned down. The firemen do not even have the foam, meaning it's a special kind of foam that they have to use to put out aircraft fires to even put out the electric car fires. They burn so hot. The firemen cannot even go near the car. Hey, no big deal. What's not the like about what I just said? I want all my listeners to go down and take every dime they've got tomorrow, preferably, and like first thing in the morning whenever you hear this, and just blow all your money if, that you can on one of these electric cars. Because it's obviously satanically pleasing to Beelzebub. Okay? That's what you all need to do. 
You just heard me do a 180. And I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I'm feeling a little wacky tonight. I, I, I'm just, you know, kind of pushing the envelope here. I think we all need to do that. Okay. It's, it's a wise use of money. And when your batteries go bad in six years, if they even last that long, hey, it'll only be like 20 or 30 grand to get new batteries. No. What's even better, you'll just barely have it paid off by then. And then you could get into another debt trap machine. Which is all by design. Debt is of Satan, guys. Debt is of Satan. That's why I own both our vehicles. Okay? Not any debt anymore. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. No debt. No debt. And I can't believe how much more God's blessed me since I've totally been out of debt. Like, just not even trying. Not even trying. Um, it is a blessing when you get out of debt. Let me tell you. And it is satanic. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. Might be a big reason why a lot of people aren't being blessed. They're up to their eyeballs in mortgages. They're up to their eyeballs in finance cars and all this other stuff. None of it's biblical. None of it. But again, we're just taught this is the norm. This is what we do. We charge our charge cards up to the max. And, and you know... Live paycheck to paycheck. It's not biblical, guys. So they say that, and this is straight from this report, that they say, the guy said, another one bites the dust. Luckily, the guy heard loud pops coming from his garage. It shows a shows this thing. I mean, it is so burned that, I mean, this Tesla car is just unbelievably burned. Yeah, these these fires have to burn so hot. Um, luckily, the guy heard loud pops coming from his garage, smelled smoke first, drove the car out of the garage. Oh, my word. Yeah, that just saved his house. Lucky him, the car didn't start firing up at that time, literally. Then the car burst into flames. Well, I'm sure glad it didn't burst into flames as he, as he was driving it into the driveway. And he had the, you know, the courage and the... Uh, foresight to do that yeah an electric jaguar i-pace vehicle oh i guess this is a jaguar caught fire and burned to ash in florida but the vehicle wasn't in a car wreck like many notorious tesla fires it was simply charging in the owner's garage the electric car is the fourth known i-pace battery fire that seem seemingly started on its own a concerning amount of fires given that there's so few of these vehicles actually on the road according to a report by electric and there's the report if you want to actually see it so yeah that's some that's some good news that's some nifty news all right so then we have uh this insanity the who declares the monkey pox and I, i've talked about the monkey pox somebody just you know they keep trying to whatever they declare the monkey pox a global health emergency and again there's only been five deaths worldwide 99 percent of the cases affecting um sodomite homosexual men that are having ma multiple may uh, male gay partners you know but we need to all give up our rights because of this you know obviously the who director general tedros gebrebrisius whatever has decided to declare monkeypox aka pride pox because it only occurs with the proud homosexual men sodomizing each other. Pride pox. A global health emergency, even though less than half of the people have supposedly died 
only less than half a dozen people have died worldwide, not to mention the fact that nearly every case of the disease involved uh, rabid, perverted, sick, disgusting homosexual behavior. Rather than simply telling men who prefer sexual relations with other men to stop engaging in these perversions, Gebrasicius, or whatever his name is, appears to insist to be laying the foundation for the implementation of yet another global scamdemic, assuming people fall for it a second time, that is. And while he admits that pride pox primarily spreads among men who have sex with other men, especially those with multiple sexual partners, that's a quote from him, he is urging the governments to not discriminate against them when creating the groundwork for more medical fascism. No, we mustn't ever discriminate against the most wicked, evil, vile, wretched devils of society. The child molesters, the, the, the multiple sex partner, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgenders, you know, we don't want to discriminate against them. We want to reward that behavior because it's satanic. Stigma and discrimination can be as, as dangerous as any virus, the WHO director said nonsensically. Since the so-called Omicron variant of the Wuhan coronavirus was not successful at scaring enough people into more lockdowns and mask mandates, the WHO seemed to have moved on to pride pox, the monkey pox, in hopes that it will scare enough people into more mindless compliance with tyranny. Then this just in, just in time for the November elections, the HHS and Biden administration officially declare monkeypox a state of emergency. Again, guys, I want you all, after you've put all your money down on that brand spanking new electric vehicle of your choice and you've blown every bit of savings you've got on that tomorrow morning, okay, I want you to go into an absolute state of panic, actually during the test drive of this electric vehicle you're going to buy tomorrow morning after you've blown every cent you've got on it. I do. That's that's what, and then that's, you drive straight from the dealership, the electric car dealership, to your local hospital screaming about COVID-19 and monkeypox, that you've got to have your monkeypox and your, every bit of your COVID vaccines now updated there. I want all four shots now on the COVID, the three, and then the booster. Make sure you get a, an admixture of Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson. That way you're getting the benefits of all those shots. And then get your monkeypox vaccine on top of that. I mean, Satan is depending upon you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Taylor just reminded me, it's a monkeypox, smallpox combined. And I, I need, I'm running out of time here, but I need to get to the smallpox part of it. I mean, this is just, this is total insanity. I mean, this is just absolute total insanity. The Biden administration has officially declared a state of national emergency over the monkeypox outbreak, supposedly affecting 6,000 people in the country. 99% of those, if any of it's even true, and I'm not saying it's not to a certain extent, but whatever it's true, whatever the true number, 99% of them are practicing pervert homosexual men that have to have multiple sexual partners. So we need to give up our rights because of that, obviously. I want to make an announcement today that I will be declaring a public health emergency. Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra said in a phone call with reporters to the New York Post, we're prepared to take our response to the next level in addressing this virus, end of quote. 
And here it's really weird because um, high-ranking Israeli doctor admits monkeypox is most likely connected to the COVID vax. Professor Shamil C. Shapira, MD, MPH, head of Israeli Biological Institute for the past eight years, the most senior medical scientific position in Israel, posted on the connection between monkeypox and the COVID vaccine. Twitter, it's amazing. As soon as he posted this post, I'm going to read you. Twitter locked his account and forced him to delete it. As obviously they know much more about bi biology than he does. Here's what he said. Myocarditis, fatal arrhythmias, 20% increase in strokes, um, herpes zoster, tinnitus, ringing in the ears, gynecological excessive bleeding, monkeypox, obscured long-term side effects, meaning this is all what the COVID shot does. No worries, he says, be happy. This is a guy that's at the highest medical position in Israel, basically using sarcasm as a way to drive his point across. Then he says, um, he says monkeypox cases, monkeypox cases were rare for years. During the last years, years, a single case was documented in Israel. It is well established, and then he, it's the COVID shot affects the natural immune system. A monkeypox outbreak following the COVID vaccination campaign is not a coincidence. They had to black out some of the words that had to do with COVID because you know they couldn't have that on Twitter. It's not a coincidence. And guess what, guys? Now, with this unbelievable scourge of monkeypox bearing down on us, there is hope. So, uh, like I said, now I'm wanting, I want you to add this to your thing to do tomorrow morning after you've bought, blown all your money in the electrical car and you've rushed to the hospital afterward to get all your COVID shots and all your boosters and every other vaccine that you need to get updated. Make sure you get your flu shots and your MMRs and, and every other thing, dengue fever, yellow fever, get them all, get them all and get your monkey pox, but you also got to get your smallpox. And I want you to get this one in particular. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it right now. They're administering live smallpox via vaccine to fight the monkeypox. Yes, San Francisco, which we know everything that comes out of San Francisco is obviously trustworthy and that's the bastion of all goodness that comes from anywhere. Um, San Francisco San Francisco is about to deploy 200 shots of ACAM 2000, which is a live smallpox vaccine into the population to quote, fight monkeypox. What could possibly go wrong? Well, it's no longer used because it's considered so stinking dangerous. Okay, let's re let's learn a little bit more about ACAM 2000. Um, and this is from the Cryon 4 News, I'm assuming of San Francisco. Yeah, okay, this is what they're saying. The statements echo the concern sharing Tuesday story about the potential dangers of the ACAM 2000 vaccine, particularly people with eczema have a severe risk of disability or death if you get the old ACAM 2000 smallpox vaccine. It's fun to get too, because I read how they administer it. So what they do is they take a bifurcated needle, meaning a, a needle like a little, almost a little, not a trident, but a, but like a bident actually. It's a, it's Biden's personal needle. He calls it a bident. It's, it's a bifurcated needle. Anyway, and you dip it in the, um, in the ACAM 2000 goo, vaccine goo and then what you do is you jam it into their into their arm it says 15 times really really fast 
okay, and got bleeding really, really good, and they say, make sure you don't use any alcohol on, on it because it'll kill what's on the, the goo that's on the actual needle. And then afterward, you can kind of tend to the wound a little bit that you just created. from. That's how they administer it. I'm not lying. Go, go look it up if you don't believe me. Yeah, it's neat. It's neat. So um, people with human immunodeficiency infection or eye disease should be identified and measures should be taken to avoid contact between those individuals and persons with active vaccination lesions. Uh, I guess with the AKM2000 vaccination. Because if you have an immunodeficiency or eye disease, evidently that could kill you too if you're around somebody that just got this smallpox vaccine. There's also a risk that people receive the AKM2000 could accidentally spread the cowpox virus from the vaccine to close contacts who are unvaccinated. So that's another, it's kind of like a, another side benefit from getting it. Uh, let's see here. And then the ACAM 2000 vaccine is no longer routinely given because it has a higher risk of serious side effects, including hospitalization and death than most other vaccines. So we're, we're talking about some good stuff here. There's nothing not to like about this. Again, roll up your sleeve, listeners. You know, quit being such a fuddy-duddy. And just do what's right for the planet and Mother Gaia and climate change and for Satan. You know, come on. Got to do our best for Satan. So here are my teachings that I've done on smallpox and recommended my recommended protocols. Um, I did one on 1129 of 21. And uh, I'm just going to read you the pertinent table of contents that I talked about. Uh American government poised to unleash angel of death smallpox bioweapon to, cre to create a perpetual crisis. Now, I've talked about smallpox. I've talked about Ebola. I've talked about Marburg. Now we're talking about cowpox. And which one of these they're going to try to pull the trigger on? I don't know. Right now, it looks like smallpox and monkeypox variant. I don't know. Some GMO version of it. Um, but this was back again... November 29th of last year, 2021, American government poised to unleash angel of death smallpox bioweapon to create perpetual crisis. Biden bought millions of dollars worth of smallpox drugs, smallpox drugs back in September. Why? Mm, I wonder if they're planning on doing something with them. Nah, I, I can't imagine they would. Then another one, uh, warning a 20 year timeline of big pharma preparing the masses for a smallpox bio attack. You want to know more about smallpox? I give you the link right here. Or can smallpox in the keyword search box at contendingfordruth.com. You'll find them. Then the other teaching I did uh, from 11, oh, it was the same one, but it was part three. Table of contents, commentary. It's not just smallpox. It's smallpox plus Ebola that will soon be released. So again, which one? I don't know. But there's a lot of, there's been a lot of, um, reports out there saying that you know this could be the case which one they're actually going to try to do i don't know and then the next one if i get smallpox what is the chance of survival if i go the medical route <laughs> well i wouldn't do that anyway um then the smallpox vaccine racket <clears throat> then my smallpox recommended protocol i'm actually posting that below it's smallpox monkeypox i'm just going to list the same thing for both uh then recommended products i carry to build up the immune system uh, my previous teachings on Ebola, what you could do to protect yourself from it. Uh, is selenium deficiency behind Ebola, AIDS, and other deadly things? Selenium prevents retrovirus, HIV, Marburg, Coxsackie, hemorrhagic fever, Ebola. I'm telling you, selenium for anything with a viral thing, selenium is the number one thing. That and vitamin C. 
a good vitamin C in with the bioflavonoids, preferably in some type of food base. Okay, I've got several to choose from. I carry, but I'm just saying, don't buy ascorbic acid and expect it because it's not vitamin C. That's a synthetic GMO. Just straight ascorbic acid is always derived from GMO corn, genetically modified corn. That's how they get it. And it's garbage, okay? It's not vitamin C. It's not what occurs in an orange, okay? Which is true vitamin C complex. Anyway, uh, then listener comment on the importance of copper in fighting off Ebola. Copper is also important. And then vitamin C is essential in Ebola treatment. But really, really for something viral, if you could just do two things, from a supplemental standpoint, it would be vitamin C and, and selenium. Now, I would also do zinc. I would also, with dealing with a virus, I would also do, like I said, copper. Calcium magnesium is very important for the immune system. There's vitamin D3, the silver, but I'm just saying in, in order of importance. And then I also did a teaching on 102819 part three. Why is the government stockpiling massive amounts of smallpox vaccines? And that was back in 2019. Okay, so are they getting ready to pull the trigger and then suspend the elections and say, oh, you know, Biden or, or uh, all the Democrats or whatever got in, it's amazing or whatever. I understand you can say, oh, it's all theater. I, I get it, but it would make their job a lot easier. Okay, it would make their job a whole lot easier. Uh, okay, I'm running out of time here. Okay, FDA considering dividing smallpox vaccines into fifths to increase its demonic supply. The United States, a first world country, is, is short on smallpox, smallpox vaccine supply. And the Biden administration is considering dividing doses of the smallpox vaccine into five smaller doses to use in preventing monkeypox during uh, an outbreak, said the head of the Food and Drug Administration. We're considering an approach for the current doses of Gyanos, Gyanios, which evidently is another smallpox vaccine, that would allow... Uh, health carriers to use an existing one-dose vial of the vaccine to administer a total up to five separate doses. They really want to get this stuff into people, it sounds like. This approach, which we're referring to as dose-sparing, would change the method of administration of gyneos, which currently is administered subcutaneously. So I'm assuming that it's the bifurcated needle jab method, just a different vaccine, the barbaric, fun needle method. So then what I do is I list my smallpox or monkeypox recommended protocol. Okay, Not claiming to treat anything. I'm just saying if it was me, this is what I would do to support the immune system. I mean, this would really go for any kind of cold, flu, COVID-19, whatever. This is, this is kind of like the, um, I, I kind of a little bit of a stripped down version of, of my total recommendations to support the immune system. I get into... Um, and Vive sent me the other day their updated protocol for monkeypox, which is a basically, I would do the same thing for monkeypox or smallpox. Smallpox is a lot more serious than monkeypox, though. But it's basically a similar protocol. Um, and I'm not even going to get into it, but it, I tell you how it tells you how to do it here. It's all in, I highlighted it in green and what you can do topically and how you do it based on body weight and it's a 5,000 part per million in Vive and you can use uh, garlic as well is something you can do to boost the immune system but like I said my biggest things are 
the selenium and the vitamin C. And I give you some of my choices on the vitamin C, the selenium, the zinc, the calcium. Um, okay, so I, I list everything kind of out there. Um, and let's see here. Um, I'll cover a couple more things here. Canada, boom. Uh, truckloads of Canadian medical doctors are using fake vax passes for themselves and their families. A doctor injured by the vax has blown the whistle. Okay, I'm sorry. Some of these were not the right verbiage. And it's exactly as we suspected. So I'm going to play this real quick here. Okay, so this is... Uh, I'm going I'm to let her speak. Okay, so I was reading Paul Alexander's Substack today, and he reported on talking to a doctor that he knows very well in Ontario. This doctor uh, did his part for humanity and um, got the, the jab. He is now not feeling well at all and was actually in the emergency ward. Um, this doctor uh, has reported that tons of doctors are getting the fake cards and these have been amply fake vaccine cards okay these are the doctors getting fake vaccine cards because they know it's death i mean did you see the report i mean let me just read you some of these i i can't report on all of them because there's too many uh just got these today or or very um here this is, let, me, let me read you the current events canadian pastor arrested for holding church services during COVID lockdown wins legal victory. So that's really good. Uh, COVID deaths hit new record in hyper-vaccinated Australia. Then life insurance insurance claims skyrocket after COVID job rollout, prompting insurers to take legal action against vaccine manufacturers. Now, originally it was three doctors die unexpectedly at a small hospital after fourth COVID vaccine. I believe they were, they were, um, um covid they were um doctors in canada i'm sorry and then toronto emergency physician reveals the number one health issue he's seen now in people says doctors are suddenly dying sirens are constant he even mentioned zombies uh and i wasn't planning on reading these so i'm a little bit i'm trying to kind of see what i want to read here uh another one uh citibank City Link pilot dies after making an emergency landing in Sur Surabaya. Then so many people are now suddenly dying that our free press can barely hide it anymore. Three former football players died suddenly within two days. A well-known Toronto emergency physician dies suddenly while running. Um, a new while running. I'm sorry. A new week. Here's another. Phil Petty, former South Carolina star quarterback, dead at 43. Three-year-old girl dies from vaccine. 33 dead and sick friends since our wedding only eight months ago. I guess 33 people are dead from their wedding that they had only eight months ago. All 33 were vaxxed with the COVID vax. A vaccine death and disease cluster. I remember what I mentioned about three doctors dying. No, 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 no. 14 young Canadian docs die. That's what the number's up to after getting the shot. Normally, uh, normally it would be zero over 30 years um, would be dying. In the past 30 years, he's never heard of a single death like this. Now, 
there are 14. Uh, 413 German physicians and healthcare workers call for immediate vaccine suspension. Serious side effects, consequential damage. Um, then this is from a pastor in, um, I believe, Hawaii. Pastor says that he spoke to one pastor on the mainland this past week who had to bury 30 young people in recent weeks, all perfectly healthy until they took the COVID jabs, all suddenly died with SADS, sudden adult death syndrome. We don't know why they died. The only thing they have in common is they all took the COVID kill shot, probably multiple ones. So pastors now must be acknowledging what they did when they pushed the deadly COVID clot shots upon their flocks. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes when they meet their maker. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So those are just some of the current events that I'll be uh, putting out in, in, the, in the next uh, newsletter. So I'm going to go back to this audio and passed around to the doctors so hey everybody in Canada while you're out there getting the real thing because you thought as a Canadian you would be doing the right things the doctors who know what's actually going on are getting fake vax passes and making sure that all of their families as well have the fake vax passes. This is reported by Dr. Paul Alexander, whom we know and love, who has paid a very dear price to tell the truth. And I appreciate all of these courageous people. Do you know who I choose, choose to believe? Because I was on the plane, you know, two days ago. These people, uh, they were saying, oh, you know, it's so hard. How do you know who to believe? I don't think it's hard at all to know who to believe. You don't believe people who are paid to tell you something. They are paid to give you an agenda. They are paid to tell you the talking points of whoever is paying them. If the WEF, if the government is paying doctors like Dr. Teresa Tam, like Dr. Bonnie Henry, if you can really consider these people doctors, complete blazing idiots is what I like to call them. If these doctors are getting paid to tell you something, then that is not who you believe. Do you know who I like to believe? Dr. Peter McCullough, who has been slimed and maligned and yet continues to tell the truth. Who will lie is somebody who's lining their pockets, keeping their cushy job at the expense of all the humans that are suffering on this planet. Okay. The love of money is the root of all evil. So, you know, there's just more evidence. Cowardice and the love of money and just all this fun things that... Um, then this is the last thing I'm going to cover. Sri Lanka rationing fuel. Using the COVID, the QR codes from COVID to allocate fuel. Those who public... And again, this is a beta test, but those who publicly feared the COVID monitoring system would be misused by government to control the public, the public seem to have been proven right. Sri Lanka is now rationing gasoline. The only way to buy any of it is with a government QR code from the COVID apps on their cell phones. And it's showing a picture here of them evidently buying gas at a gas station. It's in liters here and it's in Sri Lanka. But the tiny nation of Sri Lanka is in the midst of a massive fuel crisis. The country cannot get fuel because so many nations are scrambling to do so amid Russia sanctions the price for fuel has thus skyrocketed and sri lanka simply cannot afford it what little fuel the country is able to get is now being rationed in order to for any individual to actually go buy fuel that person must now have a qr code issued by the government which allows a purchase of x amount of liters 
So again, this is what they want to do with everything, fuel, food, everything. And that way, it, when they, if they can get you into that system, then they can control, they, they feel like obviously there's a large percentage of the population they'll be able to easily control and blackmail to do whatever they want them to do and coerce. So um, the brief social media video below shows the proof and the amount of fuel is one is allowed to buy. Sri Lanka fuel rations delivered and authorized by a government QR code coming to a town near you unless you, of course, rise up. And it's in another language, but you can click on it and um, see that for yourself. So that's, I don't have any more time for today. I've got a lot more to actually cover, but I will try to get to that in the uh, next study, a lot more on covid uh, but again, we've covered that ad infinitum in the past. But again, there's just so much more breaking that you you kind of need to be aware of. So we'll try to get to that next time. So God bless you, and we will see you in the next audio.